You're listening to the Word Live International Outreach Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, visit wordalive.org. We hope you enjoy this message from Kent Maddox. all Sabbath, and I do believe it's the word of the Lord for us. It's found in John 5, verse 1 through 9. Here's what it says. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there was in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these laid a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, one translation says withered, waiting for the moving of the waters. For an angel went down at certain seasons to this pool and would stir up the water, and whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man who was there had an infirmity for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew, he knew already that he had been in that condition a long time. He simply said to him, do you want to be made well? One translation, do you want to be made whole? The sick man answered, sir, I don't have anybody to put me in the pool. And when the water stirred up, I don't have help. But while I'm coming, somebody else gets in before me. Jesus said, rise up. Take up your bed and walk. (laughs) Jesus said, I ain't concerned about the pool. I ain't concerned about who gets in before you or after you. I ain't concerned about it getting stirred, the angel that's coming. I'm just telling you, you want to be made well? Get up. Take up your bed and walk. Which was impossible. He's paralyzed. But somehow, at his word, Something happened in this man, and it says he got up, rolled up his bed, and immediately he was made well, took up his bed, and walked away. I've been meditating on this, and I felt like the Lord said for me at this season, for us as a church and as individuals, this is simply the word of the Lord. Rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. It's time for the apostolic church to rise up and walk. It says at this pool there were five porches. Speaks of the fivefold ministry. Speaks of grace. It's time for the apostolic church. This is us. That's why these signs, this sign was so important, these flags, this apostolic center for freedom, because we're called to be an apostolic church. Some of you say, Kent, what in the world's an apostolic church? Simply put this, an apostolic church is the top church you read about in the book of Acts, which is what? A church that influenced society. It wasn't a church where people joined and had membership so they could be part of a lot of people who were trying to get better. It was a church who somehow found the supernatural power of God that was available to them, grabbed hold of it, pulled themselves out of their situation, and then went about in society helping everybody else get out of their situation and influence society. 
The Bible depicts this church as the people who turn the world upside down. We're called as salt and light. Chuck Pierce gave a prophecy in April, if you can believe this, and, he, and it was amazing. In April 2000, 2016, he said these words in April. He said, starting April 25th through October 20th, 2016, will be the most tumultuous, confusing time this nation has known in 170 years. We've now crossed over into a time that will determine our future. I want you to know, the Lord says, how you are connected in the body of Christ. I want you to know the body of Christ will not be the same. You will stand at a crossroad and must know how to turn. This is a time that America determines its future. But understand this. This is a time that those in the kingdom of God must move into their identity. You see, the whole earth, the Bible says, is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. This is, not the, this is not the time to sit and talk about how dark it is or how chaotic it is. It's time to rise up, walk in an anointing, and be a difference in society. I watched the Republicans and the Democrats. I watched both conventions. I like some things and hate some things about both of them. But I came to this conclusion. They don't have the anointing. Neither one of them to fix our situation. They've got some plans and they've got some ideas. And whoever God decides to go in, I'm for whoever God decides to go in with some good plans and good ideas. But unless my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray, our land will not be healed. Quit blaming it on the Republicans. Quit blaming it on the Democrats. If we're not happy with our land, blame ourselves. We need to hit our knees and say, oh, God, visit our land once again. God's calling us to live apostolically. Look at our world. Racism rising back up again. Police shooting black people. Other people shooting police. Buses, terrorists running over buses, using buses to kill people in France. Not every now and then. Every morning my phone has this news thing. And I, every morning I'm waking up, three shot, four shot, 80 dead. Every day. It's not every now and then. Every day. Newsflash, four dead, six dead, 80 dead. How can we read that? And keep living the kind of Christian life we're living. How can we read that and not think, oh God, I got to change some things. I got I to gotta be more sensitive. I got I to wake up. I, I got to hear what God's saying to me. So we had a, so we're traveling during the Sabbath. I'm traveling from preaching and, and we, we wind up at Chili's. You say, well, you got to learn to take chilies before you can take a nation. Come on, somebody. But there was a convention going on, and it was right in the heat and the height of this racism issues. It was odd. I've never felt racism. I've never, you know, by the time I was an adult, it kind of been, a lot of it had been settled. I'd never felt it, you know, in my lifetime. 
But, but we were there with our family, and there was a convention, some type of convention going on, and there was a lot of uh, uh, black people in the restaurant and, uh, and, a, and a few white people in this restaurant in this area of South Carolina. But you could feel the tension. I'd never felt it before on both sides. It was awkward. You just felt uneasy. And we're sitting there. And you know, and I'm eating chicken, going And I see a gorgeous black couple sitting right in front, and I just locked in on them, and I was like, "Ooh, something's about to happen." So we got through eating. I looked at Caleb, my son, and his wife, Melissa. I said, something's happening to them people. They said, I know. They said, the whole time we've been eating, I can't quit looking at them. I said, God's doing something, isn't he? I said, yes, he is. I walked right up to the table in the restaurant. I said, you're Jesus, people. Big old boy said, we try to be. <laughs> we try to be. Big boy. I said, well, the Lord tells me to tell you. Jesus just told me to tell you, your season of lack is gone. And as a first fruits of what he's going to do in your life, my family's buying your family's meal tonight because Jesus spoke to us to do that. Now, now I'm not saying that to toot our horn. I'm just telling you what happened. I don't understand this, but that one act of kindness shifted the spiritual climate of the whole restaurant. It just shifted the whole climate. And, and, I, and I got to going back to a teaching that I'd heard about vibrations. Now, now check this out. This is powerful. This is apostolic. They say that 85% of the world lives on a low level of vibration. Hate, fear, anger, negativity, 85% of the world. But they say one person living on a high level of vibration, love, joy, faith, peace, can counterbalance the negativity of 75,000 other individuals. One act. See, we think that act of kindness just is that person. It actually releases a spiritual vibration that enters the atmosphere. And so we did this act. We felt it change. We're riding back to the hotel, and I'm like, oh, my God, Kent. Caleb, Melissa, Katie, there were five of us living in a high level of vibration, which tells me that five of us, unless my math is wrong, just had the counterbalance effect to 375,000. In other words, we just changed the city. Oh, you ain't there yet. I believe 
oh, with all my heart, some violence was about to transpire in that city. But when we stepped out in the Holy Ghost and prophesied and did an act, we changed some things. Perceived, acted, and moved in it. That's apostolic. See, apostle's not a title, it's a function. There's an apostolic anointing we're supposed to function in. We're supposed to be able to change the climate. When you live in a traditional Christianity, you're a thermometer. You can sense how bad it is. You can feel evil, but you don't do anything about it. But true apostolic Christians can't just, you're not, you're not a thermometer, you're a thermostat. I can change the climate. When I walk in a restaurant, I got an anointing. I can change the climate of a situation. Can't nobody shoot me in a theater, I'm here. Can't no airplane go down with me on it, I'm flying. That's not cocky. That's confidence. I got a purpose. I got a destiny. I got a calling on my life. The safest place to be is with somebody that's got a calling on their life. Can't nobody shoot me till Jesus is done. I'm not saying I won't get shot, but not till Jesus is done. And if he's done, I'm ready to go, baby. But we want to, the, the, they're trying to get us under all this fear. Apostolic church wasn't afraid. They're putting them in jail, beating them, persecuting them. It says they counted it all joy. We get upset because somebody talks about us. Somebody said, you're a cult. You know what I said? Yes, I am, because I'm changing a culture. I'm a cult that's changing this culture with the invasion of the great Holy Ghost. Sit down, touch three people, say, it's time to get radical. Tell them it's time to get radical. It's time to get radical. Says this guy was blind, lame, paralyzed. In other words, he couldn't see, couldn't move, and was stuck. Interesting, for 38 years. How long were they in the wilderness? 38 years. 38 years wandering around the wilderness when all its own the promised land was waiting. 38 years. We can't keep sitting around the pool waiting for something to happen. We can't keep making excuses why we ain't in.
We all, we all got excuses. This, this guy been there 38 years. Why? He, Jesus was basically saying, what are you still doing here? <laughs> well, you know, somebody always gets in ahead of me. And <laughs> I, I crawled off to get something to eat and the angel turned up while I was gone. <laughs> I saw a lady during the Sabbath. She goes, I used to go to your church. I said, what happened? She said, one of them church people done me wrong. You know what I said? Damn church people. I hope that offends you. That's what she needed here. You know what she said? I'm coming back. All she needed was somebody to agree. Yeah, the damn church people, they're mean, but come on back. We're getting better. We're getting better. I said we're getting better. We kind of quit making all these. Somebody's always going to make you mad, rub you the wrong way. And good news, listen, hold the phone. To be apostolic and to make a difference, you don't have to agree with me on every issue. Actually, it's better that you don't agree me with on everything because if we all agree, we're definitely going to get off track. So it's okay to not buy into everything I believe and still be apostolic and make a difference in the world. You can have tongues or no tongues, smoking or non-smoking. It's all okay. Rise up. Walk in it. What is that? Supernatural. Believe his word. We can't keep waiting for revival. Revival is already here. I'm not waiting for revival. I'm carrying revival. Quickening of the Holy Ghost is on the inside of us. So it's time to rise up and walk. What? One, above our circumstances. That's Peter in, Mark, that's Peter in Matthew 14, 29. It says he got up on the water. Everybody says he sunk. Why do you focus on that? Here's what excites me. Yeah, he did sunk. He did sink. But he did sunk. But... Nobody finishes it, but he walked back with Jesus on the water. See, when you get out there on top of your circumstances, you may sink temporarily, but I got good news. He will pluck you right back and you will walk on the water again. Touch three people, say, get on top of your circumstances. Tell them. Listen, listen, here's a word for somebody. Here's a word for somebody. We challenge our prophecies with our circumstances. When all the time we should be challenging our circumstances with our prophecies. In other words, I can't stay here forever because God's already told me I'm going somewhere else. I can't stay broke forever because God's already told me I'm headed toward abundance. I can't die of cancer. I gotta preach in Croatia. 
challenge your circumstances with your prophecy. People tell me, you build that connection, you going under. I can't go under. God's already prophesied I'm going over. Challenge. I know it's radical. Rise up and walk in your spiritual authority. I preach myself tired. Just pray, baby. Keep preaching. We've been all, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and hell and in the earth. Go therefore in my name, cast out devils, heal the sick, tread on serpents and scorpions. If you drink something deadly, it will... Some things quit praying about. Just speak to it. Darko's testified to us yesterday that him and Maria just starting early in their ministry and Aaron, their little baby boy, while, while she had to answer the phone, she was taking iron pills because she was pregnant with Anna and, and Aaron ingested all the iron pills. Rushed him to the emergency room. He was dying. Nothing they could do. They couldn't pump him out. And they just laid him there. But they told him, there's nothing we can do. They, all they told him was the amount that he's taken would kill an adult. Darko said he's sitting there looking through intensive care. They wouldn't let him in. There was nothing he could do. So he told Mariana, all I know to do is church starts in 30 minutes. So I'm just going to go to church. And I'm going to worship. And I'm going to preach God's word. And I'm going to trust God that he's going to do something for our son. He said as he's driving to the church, he heard a scripture come up in him that said something like this. You will drink deadly things and it will not harm you. He said he got back to his church. He had worshiped. He had gotten up preaching. And he was preaching that we are no longer strangers outside the covenants and the promises of God. Yes, at one time we were without hope. But now we are not outsiders. We are insiders. He said after preaching 30 minutes, his wife walked in and gave him, everything is okay. Now his son, 20 years old, serving in the kingdom of God. I'm ordained with Lester Summerall. I've told you this, but it's worth telling you. He said a demon came in his room, scared him to death. Made him tremble, fearful, cold feeling. Vibrated his bed away from the wall. Said, scared him dead. Finally, he had the courage to get out. Jesus. And the demon left. He said, I got there and I sat there and he thought, I'm mad. I can't believe I got so scared. Stood up in the middle of his bed and said, devil, in Jesus' name, come back. 
Said he felt that same cold, eerie feeling come in the room again. Fear tried to grab hold of him. He said, I pointed to the devil. I said, put the bed back where it was. It started vibrating, moved back against the wall. Then he stood up and said, now get out in Jesus' name. Behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. I'm tired of hearing about radical Islam. Tired of hearing about radical Islam. And by the way, I want to go on record. I'm not afraid of refugees. Don't send refugees, they'll kill us. I'm sending them, we'll convert them. We don't need to be concerned with radical Islam. You need to be concerned with radical Christianity. The only answer for radical Islam is radical Christianity. Somebody that's a Christian's gotta be willing to die. The only enemy against somebody who's willing to die is somebody else who's willing to die. And I'm telling you, I'm just as willing to die for Jesus as they are for Muhammad. Why, I believe in the resurrection of Christ. Sitting around afraid. It's time to get radical. And I understand some of you, this is going to put you off. It's okay. Go find you another regular church, and then after a while, come on back. It doesn't mean you're bad. It just means maybe you're not ready to get radical yet, and I understand that. Go take you another season out there. when you get, Come on back when you're ready. But we can't keep waiting on people to get ready. Darkness is demanding. Somebody stand up and walk in authority in this house. We got a lot of work to do. We can't just keep sitting here with our problems. Sooner or later, you got to get delivered. You got to get filled with the Holy Ghost. You got to learn how to walk in your own authority and quit calling me. Pastor, pray. Oh, start calling me saying, Pastor, don't worry about me. I'm praying for you. I got you covered. I got my house. You get your house. Somebody shout radical. radical. Last, we got to rise up and walk in our high calling. Habakkuk 3 says, the Lord and King gives me strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He helps me walk in high places. You heard that old song, I got friends in low places? I hate that song. 
but I like the tune. I got friends in high places where the spirit flows and Jesus chases all the devils away. It'll be okay. Huh? I'm not living in low places. I used to live in low places. But something happened like Psalm 40. He saw me in the pit, reached down and pulled me out of the miry clay, set my feet upon a rock, put a new song in my mouth, and established my goings. Touch eight people, say, I'm going to another place. Tell them I'm going to another place. Here we go. Land in the plane. This one got me. All right, I understand the story. I'm here. But if you're like me, I know me. I know me. I know how weak I am. I know how frail I am. I know how paralyzed I am in my own fears at times, in my own inabilities. So I'm not talking about you going out here mustering up your own strength. I'm talking about something supernatural. Where God takes ordinary, weak people and empowers them to do extraordinary things. So I got a hold of this message and I said, oh Lord. I said, I want to walk like that. But I've had many missteps. I've had many missteps. And I just don't see how all my missteps has not somehow disqualified me to walk like this. I can't get it right in my mind. And just like this, the Spirit of God fell on me and he said, there are no missteps when you follow in me. I said, Lord, you got to give me a word. He said, Psalm 94, 18. You know what it says? When my foot slipped, your mercy held me up. When my foot slipped, your mercy held me up. And I thought the Lord said, it's a season of mercy. That no matter how bad you slipped or how bad you got tangled up or how bad you got ensnared or how bad the enemy got a hold of you and kept you, in this season there's a mercy available. That Jesus will just pick us up by his mercy and set us on our way and establish our goings. It says, when my foot slipped, your mercy held me up and set me in a large place so I was walking across the kitchen meditating on that and just like this the Lord said how about this one I will never fail thee nor forsake thee I thought what do you mean oh my God he said I will never fail thee I said what do you mean he said I will never fail thee 
I will never fail thee. I'd always thought, disappoint me or not help me. He said, no, no. I'll never fail thee. I'll never disqualify you. I'll never give you a failing score. I grade on a curve. I don't grade you at that moment. I grade you on an overall. Some days you're up, some days you're down. I won't ever fail you. I'll let you keep taking the test till you passed it. I'll even make it open book. Because a lot of us feel disqualified. In our hearts. I mean, we, we do this on Sunday. But we go home and in here we know who we are. But I got good news. God's not looking for golden vessels. God's not looking for silver vessels. God's looking for yielded vessels. Somebody who will just yield not only your strengths, but even your weaknesses. Even your shortcomings. Even your temper. Even your anger and your depression and your addiction. And say, Lord... I yield it all to you because we all think that one day we'll get to walk like that. No, today you start walking like that. This is the season to lay hold of the mercies of God. He said, humble yourself and I will lift you up. So all I'm asking you to do is just say, Lord, I do want to be made whole. So here we are today. We're lame, stuck, blind, some of us, all in certain measures, waiting. One day there'll be a move of the Holy Ghost. One day the evangelists will come. One day I'll get a word from the pastor. And Jesus comes by and he just says, Hey, you want to be made well? Yeah, Lord, but Lord said, no, I'm just asking. You want to be made well? Take up your bed. Rise up and walk. I said, what do you mean by taking up your bed? I ain't coming back here no more. See, I know I'm supposed to quit. But I ain't preaching a month. I got a lot of preaching in me. I'm going to get you to Western Sizzling here in just a minute. Watch this. I think where we get stuck's in the gap. This is where we get stuck in the gap. See, let's say this is where I want to be. Right? I want to be healing the sick, casting the devils, raising the dead, walking in a thought. That's where I want to be. But I'm like, here. I see it. And I want it. But I'm just not. And I've come to realize, here's what happens. 
I will eventually get there. But you know what happens? He starts wanting me to. And then what happens, I, but then it's, and I'm like, I believe I got the answer. get stuck because I see how much more I got to do and how much further I got to go but the way I get unstuck is I look back and I see how far he's already brought me I ain't where I want to be but baby I sure ain't where I used to be <laughs> go tempted to get stuck in the gap I just look back and say God by your mercy you brought me thus far and surely by your mercy you will carry me out somebody get on your feet and let's give the Lord a shout of praise today Glory. Man. Woo. If you want to rise up and walk, what does that take? Next step. Next step. Today, if you came to the altar, next step, get baptized. You're already saved. Next step, freedom track. Next step, life group. Next step, join a prison ministry. Next step, start serving. Next step, go to a mission. Next step, get a passport. Can't belong to an international outreach and not have a passport. Next step, tithe. Next step, getting the scriptures. Right? It's, it's just that next step. Rise up. Walk. Walk on top of the circumstances. Walk in authority. Rise up and walk in the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This is what God, God is calling us to live a radical Christianity in the seasons that we're living in. You ready to go? No, really. No, really. Are you not ready? How about old Joshua Taylor? 20 years old. Huh? Let me give you just a little tidbit. You know what? You know why he was able to do that? I'm just telling you. He came out on a Saturday with his daddy for eight hours in a hundred degree heat to clean up a daybreak recovery yard. You say, what does that have to do with him walking in that anointing? 
because he helped. And when you help, you meet the helper. So now when you get in this situation, when you're faithful a little. Huh, come on now. Come on now. Then you're faithful in much. If you're faithful with weeds, he'll let you be faithful with cancer. You pluck up weeds out of somebody's yard and you can pluck up cancer out of something. Rise up. We're not waiting on God. God's waiting on us. 500 souls a month. You say, oh my God, that's so many. Not if one third of you win somebody. If only one third of us here today lead somebody to the Lord, next week we have 500 people here. Bev said, I'm in. Where's Devontae? Devontae, you here today? My man, Devontae. You family with you? Hold your baby up. Let me look at him. Man, he's pretty. I met Devontae this week. Where did I meet him? Pulling up grass. Didn't I, Devontae? We pulled up grass together on the playground. I was sitting there, I prophesied. I said, the Lord told me we're going to have 500 souls a month. We'd pull out weeds. I said, Devontae, you want to follow Jesus? He said, yeah. I said, $4.99. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. He's awesome. He is an awesome man of God. Wants to follow Christ. Brought his girlfriend, brought his baby. Louie, who got saved six months ago, went and picked him up this morning. Wave at me, Louie. Louie sits here. He only understands 50% of what I say. He speaks Spanish. He's the only one that shouted when I started talking about the offering. What's my point? You don't have to wait till you understand it all for God to use you. Come on. Well, pastor, I just don't feel led. Get the lead out and let's go. Seriously, let's live radically. Let's walk in it. Rise up. In other words, let's get to another place and let's walk in it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we receive that word that this is the season to rise up in the anointing and walk like we've never walked before in a place we've never walked before in an authority that we've never functioned in before and see the purposes and the plans and the kingdom of God come and be established in our lives. 
Lord, we thank you for it. Lord, we rejoice for every person that gave their life to you today and are following you in the kingdom. Now, Lord, we thank you for raising us up as an apostolic church that's going to affect our culture and our society for the kingdom of God. Lord, we thank you for it and we praise you for it in advance. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Visit wordalive.org for more content from Word Alive International Outreach.